Welcome to another faith-building message from Samuel Pada, pastor of the King's Temple in Hyderabad, India. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. They're not evident to the natural mind or to the natural man. You cannot comprehend them because of intellect or education of this world. Because this is written in the realm of the Spirit. And Peter, God, Jesus said to Peter, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Everything that God has in store for us is hidden in mysteries. And the Bible says, the Bible says that in the book of Revelation, let me go there, please, for a few minutes. Let's go to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. Oh, let me hear. Verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. There was a book, but it is sealed. There was a book but it is sealed. There is a book about you. It is sealed. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to lose the seals thereof? Who is there worthy to open the seals? And no man in heaven, watch this, no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. Nobody was found. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. Hallelujah. There is only one person that is qualified to open the seals. And that's Jesus. God hath provided all things that pertain to life and godliness. But how do you acquire them? Through the knowledge. Hallelujah. And the Telugu Bible says, according to the experiential knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just head knowledge. Unless you learn to walk with him, you will not know how to access what God has for you. Because he's the only one that can open the seals. Are you with me, everybody? So when you're praying for something, it's not that God will, you know, there are some times when God will say, you step aside, I will take care. But most often he doesn't do that. Only in the case of Jehoshaphat did God say, step aside, I'm going to fight this battle. But whenever David cried out, he gave him a key for success. A key need not be just a metallic instrument. A key can be a set of letters and numbers. All of you know that. A key can be a scripture. A key can be a thought that God will give you. An understanding, an enlightenment, a, a, a revelation of something that applies to you. When the key is given, it comes like a rhema. The rhema for that situation is your key. 
So when you're praying to God, you have to pray sincerely. That's why prayer is not just reciting some words. Prayer is communion where you're waiting on God to speak and let you know and so that He can open the seal and reveal something that was always there, but you could never see it. Abraham was bringing the knife down upon his son. And the angel of the Lord said, stop it. He held his hand. He said, look the other side. The ram was already there. But unless the seal was taken away, he could not see the ram. It is in prayer that you discover the secrets. Prayer is not just begging and asking God for things in life. Prayer is for communion. Prayer is for relationship. Prayer is for intimacy. Prayer is to know the heartbeat of God. Prayer is to cooperate with God and to flow with the Lord. To get to know Him. So many times, 80 to 90% of our time in prayer is asking for things. That's why our, our lives, our prayer lives and our Christian lives are so weak. And we fall apart. But we think we're praying. Some people boast, we pray for five hours, six hours, eight hours. Okay, you pray for eight hours. What did you pray for the eight hours? Probably seven hours is only asking for things. And keep on asking, keep on asking, keep on asking the same thing. And it's all centered around you. My daughter's marriage, my son's marriage, my son's education, my son's visa, my this, my that. All the prayer is only my, 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 me. That's why you're so weak. You don't know your God. You only look at God as a supermarket to go and get your supplies. And once your supplies are met, you just walk out. Do you need to have a relationship with Ratnadeep to go and buy something? So do you treat Jesus and God as Ratnadeep? You don't want relationship. You just want the things. That's why you're so weak. And my, I'm going to get into my preaching. I've been, I've been working on this. Matthew chapter 6, you know, uh, verse 31 to 33, going after the things of the world. What is, what is the message that God has for us? See, I'm, I'm so convinced that God is really, you know, burdening me to turn this into a house of prayer. And we're doing our best. Every morning, every time we come in the office, we spend at least an hour every morning. We never used to do so much. And I've been reminding people, nights are not just for sleep. And when I say that, I'm practicing what I'm telling you. I said, I'm practicing what I'm telling you. I'm not asking you to do something that I don't do. You can ask my family. When he becomes precious to you, when he becomes the center of your attraction, your life will change. Your life will be transformed. It's not the things. It's Him. I really want you to get the hold of this. And I'm not sharing all this to boast about anything. I want all of us to become like that. People who seek Him for who He is. And His love for us. Sometimes we become, we become so possessed with what we want that all the time we only think about that. I have to go to Dubai. That's it. 
And every time you talk, you open your mouth, Dubai. Every time you talk to somebody, your employment. Every time you talk about, and you're already dreaming, what kind of apartment, what kind of house you will live in, what kind of car you want to drive. All the time, it's only, the, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you, hallelujah. Lord, but give me a placement in Dubai. <laughs> you think God can't read your heart? If you're trying to con Him, if you're just trying to use those praise words to, you know, to just uh, pump Him up like you could, Friend, you got to be careful. What is God's destiny for me? Is Dubai really in, your pl- in God's plan for you? It may be Germany. Who knows? Who knows? But let me tell you, your, listen, listen, listen. Your placement of prosperity is not in a geographical location, but it is in the voice of God. He said it will turn the wilderness into a fruitful vine and a vine into a forest. He never said, I'm going to put you in a prosperous place. He said, the place I put you in will become prosperous because of you. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I will turn the wilderness into a fruitful vine. But we are so sad. We are so depressed. We are so discouraged because we look at the wilderness But it was in the wilderness that they found out. It was in the wilderness they discovered the ability of God for His provision. That in the midst of the wilderness and in the desert where there was not a drop of water, God produced water out of a rock. And that flowed like a river. Praise God. Hallelujah. So church, please listen to my heart. I want all of us to become people who pray to know Him. A hungry heart for God. Lord, what is my purpose in life? How do you want to use me? What should I be doing? What can I do to serve you? What can I do to please you? That should be the heart cry. Not God, give me that BMW. Hey, nothing wrong in expressing your desires. But let me tell you something. You know what lust is? Lust starts with desire. But when it crosses a line, it becomes an obsession. Now you cannot think of anything but that, and you will do it and do anything to compromise or get it by hook or by crook. That's lust. You can lust after something and not get it. But don't think just because you did not get it, you don't have lust. That's why Jesus said, if you look at a woman... With the wrong eye, you have already committed the sin. If I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. What is iniquity? Iniquity is not sin. Iniquity is the disposition of your heart where sin is lurking. That's why the Bible says, when iniquity was found in Lucifer... He had probably not yet committed, but God with his all-seeing eye could see iniquity in the heart of Lucifer. It was found. We often look at a sin that is committed and we say, you have sinned, but God looks at the heart. That's why your heart and your motivation of anything and everything you do is very important in the eyes of God. 
Everything revolves around your heart. Somebody say amen. So iniquity is something that, is, that begins before you actually commit the sin. That's why Jesus said, pray that you enter not into temptation. Lead me not into temptation, Lord, but deliver me from evil. It is the heart condition. Well, bless the Lord. Let's go to what we're looking at in Matthew chapter 6, please. And I'm reading again, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? God is saying, don't be worried about the basic necessities of life and the luxuries of life. That should not be the focus of any child of God. He's not saying be negligent. He's saying don't be worried about them. Don't be too careful that your, your, the entire, your entire being is consumed with how can I do it? How shall I produce it? What can I do? And it's causing stress. To the point where you are stressed. I don't know how to feed my children. I don't know how to pay this bill. I don't. It's become so stressful that that stress is causing sickness in your body. He says, don't do this. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the who? Gentiles seek. Now, you have, to be, you have to understand this. Gentiles seek after these things. That means what? They pursue after these things. That means what? Their time and their energy is consumed by them. You know... The devil is after the most precious commodity in life. What is the most precious commodity in life? Time. If he can stress you out and make you only think of survival, he does not give you the chance to think about God. You do not have the opportunity. Why do so many people come to church Beg for prayer, sow seed for a job, and once they get the job, they forget church. They forget God. They don't have time for prayer. They don't have what? Time. Say that again. Time. What is the devil after? Not your money. It's after your time. What you give time to is what will produce in your life. If you sow to spiritual, towards spiritual things, it produces life. But if you sow to the flesh, you will reap what? Death. But both of them need time. Pers you know, the Gentiles seek, and for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But then he says this, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Wait a minute. Number one. He said, Gentiles seek after this means, that means people who are disconnected from God, do not have a covenant relationship with God, are the people that worry and are stressed out for the needs and luxuries of life. Because they don't know how to apply the covenant. 
They don't know how to rely on the covenant. They don't know how to communicate with God. They don't know how to rely and, and trust in the promises and the covenant that God has made. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 10 to, 10 to 12 that we were a people without covenant. We were outside the covenants. And, but through the blood of Jesus we've been brought nigh unto him. Hallelujah. Now that you're born again, that should not be the focus of your life. But he says, seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Wait a minute. Look at this. He says, take no thought about what you want to eat, what you want to wear, and where, where, you know, how, what shall we wear, all that. All those things are tangible. Correct? But now Jesus says, seek what? It's intangible. That's the problem. That is a problem because people are not able to identify what the kingdom of God is. All these things that the Gentiles are seeking, which Jesus says, are all related to the sense realm where you can comprehend, you know what you're looking for, you know where to find it, so you go after it. But when he says, seek the kingdom, you don't know where the kingdom is. He said, where is the kingdom? It's within you. Where within me? I don't know. That's the response, right? So when it says seek the kingdom, it's a very vague idea. It is your mind is not able to wrap around that thought or that idea or that ideology. It's impossible for, it, for the natural. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he cannot what? See the kingdom of God. You cannot even have a comprehension of what the kingdom of God is. So how do you understand when he says seek the kingdom? You don't have an idea about what the kingdom is. You think kingdom means going to church. You think kingdom means sowing my seed. You think kingdom means just worshiping God. What is the kingdom? All that we have need of has been laid up where? In the kingdom. But it's intangible. Please understand something. All that man is looking for is in the realm of the natural, which is, which is accessible to the natural man. But what God is talking about is something beyond the natural realm. The kingdom of God is in the spiritual realm. Therefore, your natural man does not comprehend it. So when your spirit man is dead, you have no idea what Jesus is talking about. So the first step to seeking the kingdom is you must be born again. You cannot understand, you cannot comprehend. How can you seek for something you don't know what you're seeking? You know, if I'm looking around in the house and I'm trying to pull the drawers and lift the carpet and search through the, you know, the lounge suite or set or something, and people say, you know, somebody in the house says, what are you looking for? Kingdom of God. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel for past episodes. If you've been blessed by the message today, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. For more content from the King's Temple or to connect with us, visit kingstemple.in. Have a blessed day.